My message this morning was prepared and uh, I was ready. Pastor Jared and I have visited throughout the week. We visit, we visit every week because our heartbeat is not only for you, but it's for a community that's lost without Jesus. Our heartbeat is also for young people that have no mom and dad to guide and direct them and to love on them and tell them they're special. Our heartbeat reaches far beyond the walls and the barriers of, of this facility this morning. But we depend on you and your prayers that keeps us going and keeps the ministry moving in our community so that we can, we can see the things that God wants to do accomplished. And shortly after six this morning, after, after spending a week of looking at, at my sermon text today, uh, it's a second series in the messages before Easter. My text this morning was today, you'll be with me in paradise. And I've enjoyed a week of just not only studying, but uh, I've really had a meltdown this week as I spent the time with the Lord. But about six o'clock this morning, the Holy Spirit knocked upon my heart's door. And he says, I have some news for you, and I want you to share it with a precious church family that you stand before every week of the year, with the exception of maybe one or two. And he just gave me one scripture, but I'm going to be using more today. And we just want to talk. Is it all right if we just talk to you, not preach to you? Don't ask me the difference. I really don't know. But I just want to talk to you today because in the ministry, our, our ministry today is to make sure that you're strong in the Lord. You, you circulate through a community that many times we don't meet each week. You deal with people that we've never seen before, and you do business with people that we've never seen before. So our heart's desire is when you come to the house of God, you'll be blessed beyond measure. If you're downhearted and discouraged, we want you to leave here encouraged. If you're hungry and you're not satisfied with where you are with Jesus Christ, our heart's desire is to feed you on the bread of life and break the bread and may it be openly fed until you leave here full of Jesus so that you can face your circumstances no matter what they may be. As we've listened to the news about a virus that has plagued the world today, it doesn't, play, it doesn't plague the church of Jesus Christ. However, the Bible says to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. And we in, in its world, we're not like this world, but we're a part of the world. And I believe God has given the church the ability to be an example to a world that doesn't know which way to turn nor what to do. But listen, in a discouraging moment of David, Psalmist David's life, in an hour when he was challenged by the things that he was facing, he said, I'll choose to lift my eyes to the hills where my help comes from because my help comes from the Lord. Listen to me. When you don't know what to do, join the crowd. We all have those moments. But never forget, the doors are always open to heaven. And not only the doors, but the windows of her are open from heaven. And he said, I'll pour out blessings that you can't even contain. I want to draw your attention for a few moments today as we think about what we're hearing on the news. Personally, this is just my personal testimony. Only time will tell. I've really enjoyed a time or two as uh, some close friends have prophesied over me. And uh, some were true. And some were, I was so delighted, weren't true. And I was, there were close enough I could call them a false prophet. I enjoyed that. I shouldn't have, but I, there's nothing like having fun at somebody else's expense. Especially when they know more than you know. 
But I, as we face the, the, the circumstances today of America, I want to give you some scriptures today. And I, and I was, as I was meditating on the, some things at an early hour before the sun rose, I take so much for granted because those of you that have been here uh, for the 40 years of enduring and being a part of this church and being a blessing to the pastor and the ministry group, you've heard me say this very often. But I, as I listen to the, to the news, and we know there's fake news, there's news that we put some trust in, but I see a spirit rolling from the newscast today spreading around the world, and it's called the spirit of fear. And I want, to, I want to say something I've said hundreds of times from the pulpit, but fear is from the devil. Number two, fear has torment. And have you ever heard somebody say, I'm scared to death? Let me help you with that. Take that out of your vocabulary today. Just, take, just God, with your help, I will never say I'm scared to death again. There's no condemnation in this. If you haven't been here 40 years, please let, let me t- tell you the first time. Fear has torment. The enemy does not have the ability to scare you to death. And let me say this. The reason that we, we, we want to highlight that, you, you may say, well, it's just words. Well, in Proverbs, uh, let me see, let me see where it is. In Proverbs uh, 18, verse 21. I'm just going to read that to you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to you because I've got some other scriptures. It says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You know, God wants us as Christians to not only act right, but he wants us to talk right. How many besides me, you've acted wrong many times? How many have said many times, Lord, forgive me. And I need to go ask the person that I harmed or said things that I should never have said, please forgive me. Please find it in your heart to give me one more chance. Proverbs 18, 21 I want you to get this. Give, let, let me see. Let me make for sure that I'm, I'm there because I don't want to make a mistake this morning. Uh, Jared, can you give it to me on the, on the overhead? You may say, well, what, what does that matter, Pastor? It matters a lot. Yes, Proverbs 18 and 21 from the New King, King James Version. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, look at, look at this, will eat the fruit thereof. What does that mean? Everything that comes out of my mouth, I'm going to eat it. Have you ever wanted to eat your words? Let me ask you this. Have you ever got indigestion over your words? Anybody ever told you you, was, you were a pain? I've heard that from my family many times. But, but God wants us to be able to... to Examine ourselves. I'm not examining you. I just want to help you as part of my family. It's, it's so, so awesome to know that God gives us the ability to know how to talk, even when we're scared to heaven. We are, we, and, and can I say this? We all have emotions. I was raised in Pentecost, and, I was, and I'm still Pentecostal, but I've watched people shout all over the building and there's nothing wrong with dancing and shouting i i, I enjoyed those uh, those hours thoroughly but i want to say this this morning and then i've heard this you know pastor i just lost it i couldn't contain myself 
God put our spirit in this house that I live in. You're looking at the house that my spirit lives in. When Jesus Christ came into my life, he didn't change my looks. He reached down in the depth of my heart and he took the sin load out of my life and he gave me the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave me a new spirit, the Holy Spirit, coming from him. There's a difference between the presence of God we recognize as the Holy Spirit and then there's an experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit and there's a confirmation that comes with that. It's It's a great experience and if you haven't, experience it you need to because it's always a present help in time of need i live in this house the holy spirit lives inside of me you know what the holy spirit does to me he quickens this mortal body he he talks to us the world says i just had a gut feeling i shouldn't have made that made that deal really what was happening the bible says he reigns on the just and the unjust really what the holy spirit was trying to tell him is don't make that don't make that decision and the Holy Spirit has promised to guide us into all truth. How many have made a, a, a decision and after you, the, when you made that decision, you knew you shouldn't have done it, but you did it anyhow? How many besides me reap the benefits of those, those days? Yes. Well, we live in the house. God built this house. We have a spirit. If you're a Christian this morning, it's the Holy Spirit that resides within you. And then we have a soulish man that didn't get born again when we accepted Jesus Christ. And that's our mind, will, and emotion. Until I die, I'll always be going to school every day, trying to control my emotions, try to keep, keep, let the mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with man, came from heaven to earth, took upon himself the form of man, and became obedient, even to the obedience that led him to the cross of Calvary. So we have the mind of Christ. I want everybody to say this as a Christian this morning. I have the mind of Christ. Turn to the next one, one next to you. And whether they believe it or not, you say it. I've got the mind of Christ. That's pretty good. You're good. You're good. So we have the mind of Christ. We have a brand new spirit. Our soulish man is what is my biggest enemy. My mind, my will, and emotion. My family says, you're bullheaded. No, I say, I'm just strong will. Don't ask me to explain that. Please don't ask me to explain that. So all through the journey of life as a Christian, you're going to be working on your soulish man, your mind, your will, and your emotions. God sets you in control of your emotions. Do we ever come to a place that our emotions get out of control? Yes, they do. Do we ever go through something that we can't hardly stand? Yes, we do. Have somebody ever taken advantage of you that you just can't forgive? Yes, we have. That's the reason we need the Holy Spirit. Because on the day of Pentecost, before Jesus left this earth, he spent 40 days proving that he was the one who had bled and died on the cross. Nail prints in his hand, a place where the crown of thorns had, had left its imprint, a place in his side where the sword, the spear had, had, had inflicted pain and agony. Listen to me, before he left this earth, he had to prove that the tomb was empty and he had risen. Three days after they laid him in the tomb, he was alive forevermore. And then before he leaves, he says, don't leave Jerusalem, but I want you to go and I want you to tarry until you be endued with power from on high. And 120 people stayed. I don't know how many started. I've heard people speculate. I can't find it in the book of Acts. Some think maybe 500 stayed. All I know, the Bible talks about 120. 
They stayed until the day of Pentecost was fully come. People from all nations had gathered for that day. Every tribe, every nation was represented that day. And the Holy Spirit moved upon the 120 as they were in the upper room. And cloven tongues like as a fire set upon all of them. And they all spake with another tongue. You don't have to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the speaking in tongues to go to heaven. But let me tell you what you, you're going to need. You, sometime in life, you're going to meet somebody that takes, has taken advantage of you. And, you, and you're going to say this inside, whether you say it with your mouth or not. I just don't have the power to forgive that person for what they've done. That's the reason you need the Holy Spirit. Yes. That's the time you can say, Holy Spirit... Would you clothe me with a strength to, to forgive because I want to forgive and I want to forget and I want to live a life with clean hands and a pure heart. And that only comes through being obedient and allowing the Holy Spirit to empower us with things that we can't do. I, I couldn't preach a decent message without the Holy Spirit. He anoints he anoints my spirit. There are times when he just floods my spirit and he gives me words to say. And at the door, many times, it, sometimes it's just one person. But they say, just like they said to you, Pastor, I don't know how you did it, but you painted my picture on the wall and then you told me Jesus could help me. That's the Holy Spirit. He guides us into all truth. You don't have to be a, a minister we're all ministers. We, our life preaches no matter where we're working. You may not fill a pulpit, but your life still preaches. Your family knows you by who you are and by what you do. And listen, Jesus knows us because we invited him into our life one day and asked him to forgive us of our sins. He wrote our name in the book of life, and he took us into his family. He adopted us, and now we're sons and daughters. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Now that the entry of uh, what I wanted to say I've made. I want you to look at some scripture. Pastor uh, brought this to our attention in Sunday school class this morning. And, and pa- Pastor Jared, could you go to Psalms 91 with me? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I may read it all and I may not, but I, I want to I look at the scripture this morning because it paints a picture of where we're at and what can happen to our lives as, as, as Christians. Psalms 91 from the New King James Version. He that dwelleth in the secret place, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, what's he saying? I will say the right thing. Here's what he's saying. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. No matter what the news media says this morning, we're going to trust in Jehovah Jireh because he's our provider. When we was adopted into his family, he he feeds us. He directs us. He gives us strength. He allows us to grow. He he allows us the strength of Isaiah, the old prophet, said he allows us the strength to mount up with wings as eagles, to run and not be weary, and to walk and not faint. Moving on. Uh, Verse 3, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the peerless pestilence. That's what we're facing today. These are peerless times. We're hearing bad news on the television like we've never heard before. I had to ask my grandkids, isn't there a name of an alcoholic beverage called Corona? (laughs) 
dummy, dummy, dummy. One of my grandkids said, yeah, yeah, there is. Well, then the news wasn't the first person that broke the word to us, was he? Watch what, what the scripture says. He's going to be there. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings. You will take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Everybody look at me. This is the truth. It's my shield and my buckler. He'll shield my mind from going the wrong way when fear tries to move in. And the reason we're going to talk about fear this morning for just a moment is, is for, in 2 Timothy 1, 7, it's chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Fear always tries to move in when we're facing stormy weather, stormy clouds, the waters are rough, and the waters are troubled around our world today. Listen to me. God wants to shield you with his word. You can listen to all the news you want to, and you can get more depressed if you just keep listening. I don't care what channel you go to, but listen, when you go to the word of God, it's never depressing. It's enlightening. It'll encourage you. It'll bless you. It'll strengthen you. It'll give you hope. He said he's, he wants to deliver you. What's he going to deliver you for? The first thing he wants to deal with is fear. If God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, then there's only two powers that operate. There's the power of, the, of God and the power of the devil. He's as real as the power of God. The only thing is he uses scare tactics and God uses love tactics. And he loves you no matter where you've been or what you've done. And listen, to, you, can never, you can never outrun Jesus because listen, Jesus is the one that loved us enough to be nailed to the tree. In times when you are, let me just use this word that I don't use every day. Uh, in times when you're scared, remind yourself, 2 Timothy 1.7 says that doesn't come from the Lord. And you know why the enemy wants to use the scare tactics? It's because they bring torment. Have you ever been tormented? Have you, have you ever just been so torn up on the inside you didn't know whether to go straight up or sideways? Know where that comes from. The enemy comes to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes up for to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. What the enemy wants to do is scare you out of the joy of the Lord at your strength. The first thing he'll work on with scare tactics, he wants to take the joy out of your life. He wants to do that with everything he's got. He doesn't want you to be a happy camper. He wants you to look at your circumstances more than you're looking at him. And we all have circumstances beyond what we want to even entertain today. We're all facing some situations. We wish it wasn't there today, but listen to me. God wants you to know that he's leading the way and neither height nor depth, the apostle Paul says, Neither height nor depth, principalities, things present or things to come can separate us from the love of God. Back to the reason the enemy wants to steal your joy. In the book of Nehemiah, one of the old prophets said these words. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you want to get the enemy off of your back, just find something and start laughing. Just find something. Do you know not only is this uh, enlightening to your spirit, but you know that your body gives 
uh, a radiance in your health issues. I'm not a doctor. We, we invited a doctor here today. We wanted a, a physician to be here to tell you what we're facing. Unfortunately, our doctors had other plans that we know on a personal basis. But I want to tell you, the doctors tell us that when the joy is flowing in all your life, you're, you're lubricating your body with, with, with an enzyme that only can come through the joy that radiates in your life. Why wouldn't the enemy want to steal your joy? You know why? Because that's your strength. Every time you laugh, a merry heart, the Bible says, does good like a medicine. Yes. I, no matter how stormy it may be, no, I, I, never, I never take my eyes off of that, even though my, my emotions may come and go, even though there's times when, when I, I, my, my emotions are, are trying to take me down, Jesus is there to lift me up. Which, which power am I going to believe, the negative power, or am I going to believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He never changes. He's not going to take my name out of the book of life just because I said, golly. And boy, let me tell you, at the White House when I was a kid, that took you to the woodshed in a hurry. Here I am. Daddy, if you're looking down this morning, forgive me. You're going you're gonna to have to tolerate me. I'm coming your way. But, but listen, I, and, and the enemy wants you to, the enemy just wants you to live in fear. And can I say this? Let me tell you, take you back to the place where fear really began. Fear began in the Garden of Eden. In the second book of Genesis, I want you, I want you to look at this. I want to help you this morning. God had created the heaven heavens and the earth. He had created the earth, the Garden of Eden. It was a perfect place. He had, he had picked up the handful of dirt and breathed into it. Adam came into existence. He realized Adam was lost without a helpmate. He put him to sleep, took a rib, and uh, made woman as his helpmate. And he said, I'm, there's only one condition. I, I don't want you to eat of the tree of good and evil. The day you do, you're going to die. And then I want to watch. And every day he came to pay him a visit. How would that be? Your best friend showing up on your doorstep every day. How y'all doing? Enjoying everything that's been created? The atmosphere was perfect. It was loaded with fruit. It was loaded with everything. Even, even the lion and the bear and the lamb got together. They were all friends. But one day, God paid a visit to the garden. And Adam and Eve didn't show up at the door like they usually did. He looked to the east, the west, the north, the south, and undoubtedly they weren't in sight. And God says, Adam, where are you? In the third chapter of Genesis, verse 9, he cries out, Adam, where are you? Verse 10 says, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. I was afraid. What was he afraid of? He said, I was afraid of the naked. He was afraid because he had disobeyed. And from that point on, the enemy has used the spirit of fear to guide, to direct, and even destruct people's lives. God wants you to know that you have a better life than that. He wants you to know that you can turn to Psalm 91. 
Not only will he deliver you from the snare of the fowl or from the noise and pestilence, he'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll take refuge. His truth, which is the word of God, will be your shield and buckler. And verse 5 says, you don't have to be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Verse 7, I really love this verse. A thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. I want everybody to put your hands like this. It's not going to come nigh me. It's not going to come near me. Everybody, come on, come on, come on. Satan, it's not going to come nigh me. Everything you create, Satan, it's not going to come near me. Because God's word is my shield. God, he shields my mind. He shields my life. And I don't have to be afraid of the terror by night for the, by, or for the air that flies by day. Nor for the destruction that lays at waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. The wicked can't say, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I can take care of anything. No, they can't. They're out of control if they don't serve the Lord. They're lost. The reason we call people that aren't Christians, they're, they're lost, that doesn't mean they're bad people. I, I have some great friends that aren't believers, but they're lost. You know what, what puts us on the high, King's Highway? Accepting Jesus and his plan. Accepting him as our best friend and letting him take our life and lead us and direct us. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made, you, you. Who makes, who makes the decision about your life? You do. Who makes the decisions about which direction you're going? You do. Who, who makes right decisions and leads? You do. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you've made, because you've made the Lord who's your refuge, even the most high your habitation. Verse 10 I want you to know where this comes from. Psalms 91, verse 10. No evil shall befall you. Notice what the rest of that word, the verse 10 says. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Are you getting the message this morning? No plague. Listen, the reason we need, everybody knows what this is, don't you? It's a real fancy sticky note. If you don't use these at your house, let me tell you, you'll, you'll start using them one day. You'll buy them and you'll know, know them by different colors even. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. What is this? Even though it's over 2,000 years of age, it's still a reminder, even as you and I. Because I can tell you, you need to take time every day to be reminded of the goodness of God and what he's planned for you. You know why? How many remember your school days? Three or four of us. How many have ever walked into the classroom and the professor says, lay your books aside, we're going to have a... Sandy, how did you say it? Did you tell them a test? A pop quiz. Listen, life has pop quizzes. And believe you me, something's going to pop. And I want you to have the right answer. 
I want you to be strong in the Lord. When the pop time comes, you know, you can be like the psalmist David. I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death without any fear of my life because perfect love gets rid of my fear. And I'm going to spend my time, Lord, when fear is trying to move in, I'm going to spend my time praising you because seven times a day, oh Lord, I can praise you for your righteous judgment. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes me to stumble. Listen, you may be here this morning, you may may say, Pastor, I've heard you say that for 40 years. You're going to meet somebody tomorrow that doesn't know anything about Psalms 91. And you're going to do the preaching tomorrow. This is just a, a pop quiz. And I want everybody to make 100 on it this morning. I want, you to, I want you to know this is coming from Psalms 91. God doesn't, God doesn't require you to memorize uh, chapters, but one Wednesday night, about halfway back, in the center of a little church here on this hill that was seated about a hundred, packed, a lady stood to her feet. She said, Pastor, with God's help, I want to say something to you tonight. And she quoted Psalm 91 completely. That began to grow a few Wednesday nights. Uh, somebody on this side said, Pastor, I want to share the victory song. And they quoted the full chapter. These people were going through trials. They were going through testing times. They were going through the times that they had no answer. And it wasn't long till that spirit caught on. And I don't remember how many was able in a duration of just a few months to stand and say, this is my testimony. And they would quote Psalm 91. God doesn't require you to quote Psalms 91. What he does want you to do is know What's not Psalm 91 says. So that when you have a pop quiz, you'll know how to answer. You'll know what to do. When fear knocks, you can say, you're, you're trespassing. You're, on the, you're knocking at the wrong door. And I'm going to allow my faith to send you down the road because you don't belong in my life. Remember the power of life and death is in the tongue. Yes. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So let's finish Psalm 91 quickly. It's 12 o'clock. I know I'm just getting started, but I'm just getting ready to close. (laughs) Verse 11. I want to go back to verse 10. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to give his angels. He is giving his angels. They're around you this morning. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up if you fall on your face, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra. The lion and the serpent shall always be under your feet. And then verse 14 says, because he set his love on me, I will deliver him. God wants you to know today he wants to deliver you. No matter what you're facing, he wants to deliver you today. He has the power to deliver you. And here's what he says, because you've loved me, I'm going to deliver you. I'll set you on high because you've known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Man, I'd just like to preach now, but my time is over. We're going to spend some time in prayer this morning. And if you have to go, please don't feel condemned. Pastor Jared's going to be coming and leading us in a prayer time. But what I want you to do this morning, when you turn on that television this afternoon or tonight, and you start hearing about a virus that has the world plagued today, 
I want you to be able to say, no evil's coming nigh my dwelling. In fact, I'm going to meet the enemy at the door, and I'm going to say, no trespassing here. I'm in authority, and Jesus says, I'll give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing, absolutely nothing, has the ability to hurt you. Do you believe it? If you believe it, let him do it. Hallelujah. Pastor, 